Welcome to The New Next, a podcast that addresses current events and how they will impact the future. Co-hosted by the inquisitive public speaking champion, Mike McVeigh, and energy economics and technology expert, Matt Jensen. Join us as we explore all things energy, economic, tech, and political, and how they will affect our future. All right. So um, recently, uh, President Trump made a pretty big announcement, and uh, I know... I don't. I didn't remember you recording this, but I guess you recorded a prediction, and that Trump would announce a new party. Was I involved in that recording? No. Okay. Well, that makes me feel a lot better because I was like, I really don't remember this. I remember you texting me about yeah, it. Yeah, that's when you were out. Oh, okay. I see. I see how you Sorry. are. Um, <laughs> but um, basically, President Trump just announced that he is going to run for president again, and um, so. Let's discuss a little bit of the, I don't even know what to call it, reflections. Maybe that's probably the best <laughs> word. I was going to say fallout, but we'll say reflections. <laughs> well, no, it was, so it was interesting. I, um, kind of my prediction was based on Trump making a rational decision and trying to get in the guy's head, but. Um, you really haven't studied him that much, have you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I really thought that while making it, you know, there's a eventual time to make rational decisions. So, um, but okay. I, I almost have to pause you right there. Yeah. Um, not even on the politics side, but like just in his business life, I've read, I've, I've done so much study around Trump, um, that it's not, it's not like me even, this isn't even a political thing. It's just like, a he doesn't make the decision that anybody that, like there's is a logic to what he does, but it's not a logic that I think you could ever <laughs> deal with because you're so so concerned about like doing stuff right. <laughs> well, this is so. This is <laughs> this prediction was unpredictable, and I thought I thought it was like from a power sense, it's the only way that he could really consolidate power long term. Um, I don't really personally see a path forward for him in the next election um, oh, no. looking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he may win the Republican nomination, but also demographic wise, we're talking about four years more of demographics that have been not really supportive of them. And I think, I mean, it's been something that I've been harping on for a long time, but I think generally it's been a, uh, uh, shift in the last few years. I'm not an ageist, but when you are 70 plus, um, your brain naturally is starting to, uh, it's, it's more difficult to handle a job like this, especially if you've gone through, um, health issues and stuff like that. So I just don't really see either of these options to be a good option for a commander in chief. And um, in in my opinion, just from an age level, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that will argue that, you know, they can build a good team around them. It's about the ideological and the policy and stuff. Um, well, I, and- I, 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 I would prefer us to have a system maybe more along the size or along the uh, framework of like Switzerland, where you have a 
executive committee running it equally, um, you know, rather than just one person. But there you go, Mr. Rational. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah. I, I I think I don't think age is as much of a barrier in certain context. Um, I would like to say if you look at again, I'm not I'm not trying to be political. I'm just trying to look at it from a as apolitical as possible. The team that he assembled um, for his first first presidential run to me showed that even in his in that age frame and stuff, he was not putting together a team that was one working well together, yeah. um, let alone um, they didn't have the same, like everybody had different agenda. In fact, I just recently read another book um, that talked specifically about Giuliani and his role in the um, um, presidential team. Yeah. And uh, based on that alone, I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but from, from something else I read recently, um, both uh, Jared and Ivanka have kind of spaced themselves yeah, from, from him. Totally. And that that might be a good thing overall, but like I want to see some of the people that he's looking at potentially putting in charge. You know, who's his team going to be around him if he were to make a legitimate stab at um, being president again? Well, um, I mean, I. Ivanka Trump, if you, in in my opinion, if you go to that family, you're going to choose a Trump to be a president. She's the one that you want. But right, and if if she's spacing herself from her dad, then it's yes. kind of like um, it's not a great sign for me. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking through like some of the other um, appointments and stuff. I mean, half the people that were in Trump's original team are either in, you know, serving time or paying penalties or getting ready to pay penalties. And then the other half don't want to have anything to do with them. Um, that, that doesn't bode well. And I mean, yeah. even if the, even if the public support was behind him and I don't believe it is, um, I think it is going more to uh, DeSantis from Florida. Um, as at, at this time, things can always change. Um, but that seems he's DeSantis seems to be a little bit more of a, um, Trump light. Um, yeah. Well, and, and, and that's why I kind of thought that Trump had an opportunity to basically be a funnel system for Trump light politicians and, and use his kind of communication platform through that. So I, in this episode, I accidentally said that, uh, I think if I remember that Teddy Roosevelt went, from being a Democrat to a bull moose, it was Republican to be a bull moose party. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a, <clears throat> you compare those two situations. Uh, Teddy didn't have, he had the, the braggadociousness and the ability to communicate, but didn't have the media system that Trump has built because he didn't have a media system and having kind of a framework as janky as it is has always been one of the biggest advantages the Democrats have had over um, the Republicans. Um, so even though it's a janky system, uh, I, I thought that Trump, if he was actually serious of, about building his influence for the long term, would build something like this because it would be sustainable. And, and frankly, it'd probably help him out 
more fi- financially and stuff, all the other benefits uh, oh, long term. Well, financially, he's going to win out on this big time. Um, the uh, CPACs and stuff that are being created for this are basically going to go straight to his bank account. Um, um, so but, that, but not all of it does. Like a lot of it also of it. goes to the party. So if you're talking about if so, he was doing uh, fundraising for like some of the Senate candidates. I think Blake Masters and. Uh, JD Vance and stuff where it would be like a split. It was like 95 to five or 99 to one mm-hmm. where he would send out a funding fundraising email. 99% of it would go to non-political candidates and 1% would go to them. And they still benefited immensely on the fundraising side for it. Right. That That's not what I was talking about. Sorry. Um, I'm talking about like his specific one for him pushing for president. Yeah. Um, the, but that brings up a, a really good point that I, I would, I think does make a difference. Had the senators specifically the U S Senate and even the house of rep, if they would have been more like the Trump candidates, had they done a better job in this, um, the midterms that we just went through, I would say there might be a little bit more, support for actual Trump moving forward as president again at the next election. Um, the fact that even some strong, strong Trumpers who were already in place um, had some pretty close calls in a state state that had views that were like um, um, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the election was a lot closer than what it should have been for somebody in the area she was in. Yeah. Lauren um, Boebert. I saw yeah, Lauren Boebert. Like she won was by oh, a couple hundred votes. Yeah. Um, so that to me says, um, it actually speaks loud to me on a lot of areas. And this isn't necessarily for Democrats. Cause I, I'm, I'm, I know one of our future things is about Pelosi, but, um, I think politicians as a whole, um, have not been listening to the public on what the public actually wants. Yeah. That's pretty um, true. And, and um, one of the things that I've saw constantly, and I, <laughs> I don't watch political advertising, but I've watched, I've paid more attention to politics this past six years, I think, than I had than I ever thought I would. Like, I didn't think I cared about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think less is part of it, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. Less Snyder, uh, but um, less than Dave up- arguing over a meal about <laughs> <Yeah>. politics. <laughs> um, you don't someone care at, about the children. <laughs> someone at work um, said like, well, I don't care. I mean, I don't, I don't even know who's running and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I get that. I was there um, when I was your age. I was there all <laughs> yeah. oh, 10 years ago. Um, but like, I see the the things that they vote on now. I see, and part of it's this podcast, but even before this podcast, just seeing that the things that they vote on really do make a difference in how we live our day-to-day lives. Um, but one thing I do want to point out about Teddy Roosevelt, this is this is actually probably the reason why he did not win the election against Taft mm-hmm. was for he told everybody he was going to be a one um, one full term president. Yeah, and he was not going to run again. And for two and a half years, he promoted the crap out of Taft. I mean, he was saying Taft is yeah, totally my 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 second coming. And then. Now, this is where it gets, like, debatable on what happened, but um, ba- basically Roosevelt said something to Taft, and 
depending on who you whose account you go with, Taft did not respond in a way that um, Roosevelt felt was appropriate. Yeah, and got really offended by it, and then distanced himself. I mean, this part is all fact. He distanced himself from Taft and refused to contact him or be yeah. in contact with him. And then decided at the last minute, which again, elections back then, the whole thing took place over a six month period. Now, I mean, we do two years, two and a half years, um, but creates a party. Um, and it was wins. much more intensive, too. Uh, and if I remember it correctly, his party still won like 35% of the vote. Definitely. I mean, and um, the, the um, Democrat um, at the time, I think, only got like 5%. So it was a landslide for Taft, but had Roosevelt actually um, not talked about it as being a one-term president, I think that would have been a completely different turnaround. I mean, um, well, one, Taft would not have run because uh, that story is actually cool. Taft turned down the Supreme Court three different times because mm -hmm. of Roosevelt and um, Roosevelt's uh, – um, uh, the person who Roosevelt succeeded uh, – but because he was trying to serve his country best, even though he always wanted the Supreme Court and he eventually got there. But um, just a really kind of cool story on that. And he was an interesting president, to say the least. But yeah. um, back back to this. Um, yeah, I think. I uh, Just a quick point on that. I think mm -hmm. the difference is because you made a stellar point. I 100 percent agree with you on the fact that he said that he didn't run. I I do think that that was the pivotal reason that he didn't lose. And uh, thinking about this too, I was I was reflecting on the the fact that now you can change kind of mindset a lot quicker mm -hmm. with our media landscape and how technology um, is. That you know their six months, the effect that they had in six months working through newspapers, going town to town in trains doing, uh, you know, soapbox speeches, um, for 15 minutes and going to the next town. Um, it, that's a lot of fricking effort to change people's oh, perceptions yeah. about you. But, but now, um, you know, granted Trump's not saying that he wasn't going to run again, but, um, I just, so I still think like, I think that this is still, you know, this is a prediction. I predicted it that it would be a couple days ago he would announce a new party. I still think this is in a play. Um, and it just kind of, I think, goes whether, I don't know his personal psychology, but watching watching the uh, his announcement speech, Christy and I watched it, uh, the guy s seemed like, that's he, he didn't really seem the energy that he had previously. And yeah. if, if someone had a gun to their head and had to announce a presidency that had kind of like that vibrant personality before, I, I mean, that's it, it kind of for me, it felt that he feels like he has to run and doesn't really want to watching right. that. So, um, I mean, there's been lots of jokes and stuff made even about his first presidential campaign about why he did it. Um, and this is, this is one thing that's really cool. I mean, I, I, I will give Trump credit for this, uh, in 2012, 2008, 2004 and 2000, there were people's like, Oh yeah, he ran before he ran before. 
but he never actually announced candidacy until 2015 for the 2016 election. And that's the first time that he ever announced candidacy. Now he flirted with candidacy a whole bunch and he, um, in those other elections that I just mentioned, but he didn't announce. So when he finally announced and he, and one of his biggest things was, um, he would never announce unless he actually thought he had a chance to win the presidency. But even the 2016 one, it, I mean, I'm talking about multiple sources, like over 30 different people who were involved with that campaign. None of them, none of them except for Giuliani and maybe Roger Ailes. There's still debate on that one. I'm working on some stuff on that. But none of them thought he was legitimately going to win, especially after the whole privates incident. Um, And that... So it was almost, I mean, and if you, oh, the, if you, the grab him by the PA. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if you, if you take, I mean, this is just like, this is a master class, And if you don't think you're going to win, but your goal is to gain publicity, gain money. And you watch the 2016 campaign for Trump under that lens, like he's never expecting to win. So he's just doing anything and everything except at that time, that particular place in history and space, people are like, Finally, someone understands me. And so he starts rocketing in the polls. And even though there, I mean, I don't, I, I honestly don't believe you can ever put yourself in a competition type thing and not care at all about if you win or lose, especially something as high stakes as presidency. But I think they're like, we weren't even expecting to get the Republican nomination. And then, um, like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he was though. Yes and no. I mean, like, the the inner thoughts of people that have like said what he communicated to them during that time and stuff. Um, it's like yeah, his his ego, yes, absolutely. But then he had some sense of reality because multiple people had reported, uh, like the people close to him, the people that are close to Melania, uh, mentioning how. Um, he didn't really feel like he was actually going to get it. And they're like, when are, when, when's this joke going to be over kind of thing? <laughs> so he gets the election and then you have the cluster of trying to put all these people in place because none of that was set down. Um, and but, had but, a, but also nobody would work with him. So, yeah, so well, I mean, I, when I, you I, do I, the campaign, he did. <laughs> I, I think like, I think like, uh, Historically, with campaigns, so, you know, devil's advocate here, right? But historically, with campaigns, people are a known quantity. So whether you're on a local level or a federal level, there's people that are kind of talking to you about it. And for uh, Trump, this was Roger Stone, from what I have read. Um, he, he was kind of like the one for a long term that really... Uh, cultivated this idea of Trump being president and was cultivating it behind the scenes because he knew that, or he thought that he could win. And, um, but, uh, yeah, Roger was the one that pushed for Trump even back in 2000 to run. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that, um, you know, you've got one guy that has, you know, typically if you're going to be running for president, you have 20, 30, 40 people that are there basically working 
to get you to make a decision to run. And then they call it kind of fall into place. He didn't have that. And he went and got who he could get at a time, which was Paul Manafort. And that turned out how that turned out. Um, you know, but he, he was the only one that was willing to work with them because you, you've got these two systems. You got one, one person that wants to break the system and one person that wants, or the, the system that is been there for, for kind of forever. So it's kind of like, um, I, you know, Trump saying that he wanted to fire a bunch of people at some random thing, say veterans affairs administration. I, I doubt he said that. Right. But you can't expect people to probably vote for you or support you. If you're talking about firing everybody or throwing out the system and stuff. Right. So, so I think, I think more than the lack of seriousness, I think that a lot of people had a lot to lose to align themselves with someone that the status quo felt was not serious and that could potentially damage your earning prospects. So that's, you know, devil's advocate on what you said, but that was kind of like an impression that I got at the time too. And I don't think that's false. I mean, I think that is part of it as well. Um, All the, all the reason why I mentioned all this was that I think like, one thing Trump does really well is he understands the heartbeat of a certain group of Americans that like he, he really gets them and um, he has no problem lying to them. Like basically saying like, Hey, I I'm exactly like you just um, a million times richer. And, um, <laughs> and I would never touch the stuff you guys touch. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think it, it, for him to start a part, especially after trying two or three times now to starting a separate um, um, social media to combat Twitter and two of those have failed miserably. And the third one is kind of out to see what that's going to, what's going to happen with that. What were the um, other two? Well, um, so one of them was his, his one that he ran himself that crashed. Um, you what have the, I don't remember the name of it. Um, it was the one that um, it was earlier this year that he tried to start. Um, and Isn't then, that the one that they're doing right now? Truth Social. Um, I'm pretty sure he's only be. done one. Well, he's he's done. So he was a big backer of Parlay Parlor. Parlor. Um, well, it's it's supposed to be pronounced Parlay, but no one does. <laughs> Even their companies like Parlay, um, and that one has um, it's not working at all. Um, even in, even in the channel, but he side. wasn't a financial backer though. He just was advocating for an alternative. Right. But right after, um, parlay came out, he announced a social media network. It was not the true social. Um, it, I think it ended up getting morphed into what true social is, but it was an attempt and it did not, uh, it, it failed pretty miserably. I I'm pretty sure on this, but if I'm wrong, then I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll be eating crow on this podcast later. Um, literally <laughs> no, uh, you have, to, you have to catch it yourself. Well, I'll catch you. Anyway, catch all cut. What I would like to say is that, um, because of this failed attempt, um, especially with the midterms, with these attempts at social media has not been going well. 
it's a lot harder to be the renegade starting a new party. If the people, if there, if there was going to be a new Republican party, it should have happened in 2018, maybe 2020, but it would have been the base of Republicans who are saying we're not like Trump and we're not like this group. And instead what we saw is all these people who were so anti-Trump completely flipping and were like, um, well, and I, I, I think maybe you're interpreting that I think that they would win a coalition or something like that. I don't think that they would. I'm just talking about from a pure power sense and for what's best for Trump. Like I felt him announcing a new party would be that because he would essentially have control all over the cash and not have to split that with, you know, Republican leadership that hasn't been spending it in areas where he wants it. And he's, you know, blamed them for his candidates losing. Yeah. I, 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 I get that, that sense, but I also look at it from here's the sad reality. And this is one reason why for good or for bad, the libertarians have had trouble uh, they, and then they are finally starting to um, gain some traction in um, the elections as a whole. But um, people, especially in the nine states that have straight ticket voting, they, they're not going to change their party. Most of the people are going to stay Republican. So if you start a new party and it's not Republican um, or it's not Democrat, they're not going to be like, oh, Trump started the Trump party. Um, they're not. They're not going to just go in mass to switch. There'll be a group of them that definitely will. But um, if if you capture twenty percent, which you know Trump's probably got thirty five percent of voters that are big into him, and and granted, granted, you have to get on the ballots in all these states and stuff, but uh, it's. I don't really see it as a big hurdle as you because personality is the big part. And I think if we were talking about anybody else, it wouldn't be possible, but you're talking about the cultural cultural times right now are similar mix when this has happened before. If it's going to happen, this would be a, uh, a time to do it. Well, I, th- I think and- the opportunity is lost. Uh, I, I think it should have happened um, in about 2010 is when I think it should have happened. If it, if it was going to happen with this group of people, when the tea party was at its um, height, that was when it made sense to happen. But there and, wasn't a figurehead. Right. That the would figurehead, lead, unfortunately lead the party as the tea party started dwindling. And, um, I think that's, I mean, that's why, that's why I'm saying it's not that I don't think it could have happened. I think we've missed the mark. Um, whereas you're saying that you think it's still potentially could happen within the next couple of years, maybe, or well, I'm, I'm saying couple, you didn't say couple. I think that we're going through a incredibly chaotic time where our institutions are challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Post-modernity, that I see. baby. Woo. Yeah by both sides. So if you talk about, so both sides, Republicans and Democrats 
are uh, taking efforts to outlaw certain things, whether that be books or otherwise, <laughs> and uh, like random things, and then calling the other party as anti-freedom. So we've really got this period right now where there's some very contrasting beliefs on stuff. And a lot of people that are kind of coalescing into certain clicky groups built around ideology. I feel it's more pre prevalent now than it was in uh, the last decade or two. Um, so what I see, like part of the reason that I see uh, over the next couple of years going up to 2024, if we do have a major recession next year, that's going to be another element in there where Trump's like, Hey, this is basically what I told you was going to happen. And, um, that's a pol political statement and a political discussion. That's not going to be really focused on numbers and long-term trends and stuff like that, but that's a really strong political point. So I, 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 I just think about how much money he's raising hundreds of millions of dollars and he's having to allocate it and split it to other people that he doesn't really control and wanting to control if he wanted to build value for him and his family to be a political dynasty in the likes <laughs> of a Kennedy or something like that. Yeah. You, even though that's, you know, not something that um, I, See, I I really think is a, a you know necessarily a great thing for society. I think for the benefit for him, like the landscape right now is an area where there's a lot of discontent, a lot of strife, a lot of chaos, and then you have um, a very strong personality that again is going to be able to be able to say, I told you so. And a lot of people are going to really be like, you know, he told us. So like, look at these videos. Okay. So, and, and, and if, if it's like, I'm talking about the kind of environment now where I think that there's a lot of stuff mixing here that make it ripe for a personality like him to basically consolidate a lot of power and have the money and s some of the technical background to actually pull it off. Okay, and, so, and, uh, and, and on, on the alternative, him running for president, I see that as him not based on the demographics now, not having enough to get above 45% in the next election, probably losing it and then fading you know, from so relevance. What I would say, and this is historically and, ge and, and geographically, um, like this isn't just America, the best case scenario I could see for something like that to happen is Trump dies in the midst of all this and whoever his top lieutenant is, is the one who takes and creates a Trump party. <laughs> I mean, seriously, because yeah. this is <laughs> what like a, the, a, this is a what Stalin did. Story of yeah, this is what Stalin did with Lenin. Um, and what's even more interesting about that is because Lenin did not like Stalin. In fact, yeah. Um, so you know, that's, Lenin, a, that's a good point. Um, and, that and would I think, be 
Interesting. I think of the schools of theology and philosophy specifically, it was almost all the most famous people we hear in those terms. So like when we think of like, who's the greatest philosopher in, um, or who's the founder of philosophy. And even though Socrates is the one that everybody kind of says, like it did it, Plato was the one who built the myth of Socrates. Yeah. Um, and everything we hear from Socrates comes from a platonic understanding. Um, um, and in, in theology, the person that gets mentioned the most in kind of this part of the world is John Calvin and Calvinism. But mm-hmm. John Calvin wouldn't have even been a Calvinist 20 years after his death. But his top um, follower, Philip Melanchthon, um, created things based on Calvin. And so Melanchthon was really the founder of Calvinism. Um, but uh, And, and I, I see this being hap- happening in lots of things. So I, I can see... Well, it's very typical in science too. So someone like like that, I don't, and I don't know who it would be because it probably (laughs) someone we don't expect. Like we could see, we could imagine, um, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene or uh, um, Matt Gates being that kind of person. So um, kind of who I thought was, I don't really know a lot about her, but Carrie Lake, she seemed to pick up uh, the, the torch of the ideological stuff. So when I was thinking about how this would play out, and you make a good point. Like I, I, I didn't think about that. Um, the, the death and kind of a coalesce, coalesce around that, but I thought it pl- kind of saw it playing out as either him declaring a new party or declaring for president and then getting all this money funded up in a entity where it can be funneled into something that would support a new party and then bringing in candidates like Carrie Lake and other loyalists, um, that are maybe, uh, I, I don't, I, I personally don't know a lot about her. I've seen her in a couple interviews. She's, mm-hmm. she's a brilliant speaker, very aggressive debater too. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really know what she supports is it's kind of like third party, but, um, comparing her to a lot of the other, you know, Matt Gates or, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think it's a very different presentation of her than those others. And um, so when it, when it, I, I saw it, like I'm th- seeing this develop like a movie, right? Mm-hmm. And seeing Trump building his power and developing uh, people like Carrie Lake that look the part, sound the part, and then can bring the ideology in there yeah. and really reinforce that. That's that's a stronger playbook I see for him consolidating power in his family long term. Um, but I think I think maybe that framing of him wanting to consolidate power is the wrong framing for this discussion in the first place. But, okay. but if yeah, so so. Yeah, I- you know, I, I, versus some other stuff, he just wants to win, or he's better that he lost last time. Like, well, I, I'm personally of the opinion, and I, and I still think this holds true. I don't think he wanted to run for any of the three elections. Um, the one that he won, the one that he lost, um, and then if he runs in 2024 officially, like I'm not talking about the. I know he's announced candidacy, but there's a difference. And we've kind of yeah. talked about it. We'll, we'll see what he actually does on the campaign and we'll see what kind of stuff happens. Yeah, totally. Um, but, um, I mean, I, 
I would love to go in this further, but I, I don't want to, it, it feels, it's hard to talk about this in a non-political way because yeah. there is so much politics and other stuff that gets involved. Um, well, his, his policies are very popular, but his personality is not popular. Even the people that are, are a lot of the po- people. So I'm trying to think of the people that are strong supporters of Trump that I know. I can't think of any of them that enjoy his personality, but they really like his policies. <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking about yeah. me personally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, people I'm, I'm, people, I'm, I'm thinking about people I know. Um, and I would say the almost the exact opposite. Yeah. They don't even know what his policies are. Um, but they're like, I love that man. <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel like we need to end this discussion. And <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'll um, send it. Cause it's a, it's one that we will definitely be reflecting back. If you'd like to learn more about the New Next Podcast, find us at thenewnextpodcast.com, where you can suggest a topic you would like for us to cover. If you enjoyed what you heard, share the podcast, tell a friend about it, or rate us with five stars. 